0: Hello everyone, I welcome you to The Butterfly Effect, a mental health podcast to help you navigate through adversity and begin your transformative journey to healing mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. From anxiety to domestic violence, this podcast will discuss a wide range of mental health topics, hearing real people discuss their raw experiences. Because this podcast touches on sensitive topics, listener discretion is advised, and the information that is provided is not meant to diagnose or treat any mental health condition or be a substitute for therapy. If you are experiencing any mental health symptoms while listening, I encourage you to contact somebody that you trust or a mental health provider in your community. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Butterfly
1: Effect podcast. My name is Queen Shimoniak and I welcome you to this week's episode. I hope all of you guys had an amazing week and you enjoyed my previous episode about establishing boundaries. Before we get into this week's episode, I want to give a special shout out to my new listeners from Hong Kong, Korea, Korea. Morocco, and Peru. Welcome to this week's episode. Don't forget to like, share, and even subscribe. And I am looking forward to having more amazing listeners from all over the world. In this week's episode, I will be discussing love languages with one of my dearest friends, Josh. He is someone that not only I admire, but somebody that is very educated on the idea of love language and someone that even helped me learn a thing or two about each love language so without further
0: ado let's get started
1: so i have a very special guest with me today he is one of my dearest friends and someone that we get into so many different educational psychological just amazing deep conversations i welcome you my good friend joshua
2: what's going on I bet she says that to all the pretty girls, right? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) My dearest friend. knows what's going on? Joshua. Uh, Just say Josh. No one says Joshua. No one gets there. But we we totally do. We definitely, uh, we go off on psychological sort of risks all the time. I think it's like you and 15 other humanoids on the planet (laughs) who like psychology as much as me. So whether it's what we're going to talk about today, which I'll let her introduce, whether it's boundaries, whether it's compatibility, whether Mm -hmm.
0: it's
2: even the deep weird stuff. I like digging deep, so I'm excited about this. She called me, she, um, she hit me up and I was, I was eating some salmon. It's not important that I was eating salmon.
1: <laughs> it's always important what you were doing earlier. <laughs> some, some Cajun
2: salmon. And, then, um, I said, like, oh, this is Queenie. And so I, I hit her up and i was like, oh, this is perfect. The, the only thing I was going to do was besides this was like <sighs> scour the web for technical articles on like
1: ai or something i don't know oh my goodness something something interesting you're always looking at something but this week we are going to be talking all about love languages and the reason why i asked josh to come on is because we talk about love languages every time we meet up like the conversation about it always comes up we get into really deep like discussions about it like you all and you bring it up too. sometimes you're like so yeah love language this like <laughs> huge. Super important. And now, yeah. oh my god so for some of you that may not know love there are five love languages that was originally proposed by a marriage counselor named gary chapman in his book five love languages that was published back in 2013 and it kind of made a huge impact in like the realm of psychology and just like science and like all the love counselors were like huh like this is an interesting way of viewing like how people formulate yeah. and connect with each other whether it's like you know mostly it was for like you know people that were in romantic relationships but it's something that i feel is very important for creating any type of connection 2000%. so like whether it's friendships like family like even with yourself like learning how you value yourself and like how you connect with yourselves in order to connect with others is so important. So how did you come across like love languages? Huh?
2: Me personally? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, and I'll take a step back uh before I answer the question. So, you know, I, I think at like age 13, I was weird. I had this thought that pierced my mental. It's like a lightning bolt. Right. And uh it wasn't directly related to love languages, but it was, it was, um, Self-discovery and then self-mastery are two things that any man or woman, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, any Jane or Joe could do that would benefit them most in this lifetime. Self-discovery and then sequentially self-mastery, right? And a part of self-discovery, I think we don't figure out who we like. The anatomy of you is a complex thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we got a lifetime to figure it out, but we don't really get the tools to do so until like after 18 or so. So we're not exposed to psychometric examinations, mm-hmm. uh, personality tests. Things like the love language, and so just going back to the love language, what you said, Queenie, is two thousand percent correct. This is not just about how we interconnect and relate as people, but just how do you talk to yourself? How do you treat yourself? What mm-hmm. makes you happy? And once you figure out what button to push to, you know, to make yourself happy, you start to figure out how to lift yourself out of anything, right?
1: Right.
2: Because um, you can speak that love language to yourself. So, kind of come back to the question. Uh, I, I think I tripped on I tripped on it. Um, God, it was years ago now. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, I'm 27, and I probably I went. I don't know how rated R this is, but I I, w- I went pretty balls to the walls on psychology on uh, psychology when I was uh, 17, 16 and a half. Let's do that. So I probably learned about this when I was 18,
0: mm-hmm.
2: maybe 17, 18. And uh, I didn't take the test immediately. Right. No, I didn't take it. But as I read, I was like, I know exactly what I am. Right? <laughs> I, I was just done. And when I took the test, I was like, I am exactly that. I didn't take the test till years later. Oh, wow. Um, and I don't know if you guys know about which ones there are. And so you want to rattle off? Oh,
1: yeah. Um, so there are five, as I mentioned, yeah. five love languages, physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts. And what was the last one? Yeah. Um, I think. Quality, time. quality time I always quality. forget quality time even though it's one of, to me it's yeah. one of the most important it's like my third you know it's like no it's my second it's my second most important love language and I always forget it because I just feel like it interbreeds with all my other ones like
2: does I think like, your first is this lens for the rest of them right? mm-hmm. uh, and, and if you want to break down on what that is like let's 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 go like a piece of the time so just so they know like yeah so let's start with like acts of service I, um, acts of service as I would define it as doing things for others. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how you express it. And of course if it's headed your way, um, then acts of services, you like it, you feel most love when people provide a service, they make your life easier, mm-hmm. do something for you. They think about filling some gap in your life that is filled by action. Mm-hmm. Right. Um so that's access. Yeah, I like
1: doing, you know, if I were to come to you and say like, hey, can you go to the store and get me a Gatorade like you would be like oh yeah like let me go definitely do that for you or if you know that I'm not feeling good and you would go out of your way to do something for me and it's like oh wow he really went out of his way knowing my situation and he did this for me like that I feel like that would be like a really good example of really good acts of service
2: huge huge huge. and it can be confused sometimes with gift giving oh yeah because some people like oh like uh, acts of service does something that you probably would have it's when someone does something for you that you probably need done mm-hmm. you could do yourself but they decide to do it of their own volition. The gift is not necessarily a tad like a necessary task. It's yeah. something that's additive, right? Right. Um
1: and even gift giving I think a lot of people even confuse that with like materialism and that's not even mm-hmm. close to what nope. receiving gifts is. And I think also with acts of service it almost some people, especially for me, like I'm extremely independent and it's like oh like I can do it myself. And it's like, it's not really about that. It's more like, oh, let me help you with this task or let me do what I feel like, you know, maybe you could be missing or, yep. you know, just helping you out. Like, it's just giving a helping hand. I feel like that's like a really good way of like describing acts
2: of service. A helping hand is acts of service. And I was just going to say, that's my first one. That's how I express it most. And that's how I that's how I express love most, and that's how I receive it best. Acts of service, mm-hmm. and so let's just jump to gift giving. Uh, gift giving, because that's that's on the mind. So, gift giving. How would you define it?
1: I would define it as doing, as giving thought, as being, as giving thoughtful items or things that are of significance to the other person. I feel like, and this isn't about like, oh, I'm gonna buy somebody a purse. It's more like. Oh, like I was at the store and I saw this keychain that reminded me of this tie yes. that you told me about this store yes. that's about this place you went to with your mom and I decided to get it for you. It's like it's a tie, it's always tied. I always think of it as it's tied to so, like an event or something that brings forth a memory for the other person. Exactly. And it makes them feel like, oh, like they were actively listening to the things that I was saying, or they actually valued like me talking about whatever it is that to me was special and to them, it's stuck in their memory and they decide to, you know, give something to help me, you know, me. I think that's like, I would say that's like, of like that would be like receiving gifts. That's thousand
2: percent I love it. It's, it, I like to put it like this. I, it's, it's like you said, it's about, okay, it's a memory. It's something that made me think of you. And I like to describe it as it's the, presence of mind in the absence of body right mm-hmm. the idea that you came to mind because you're ever present there i like you i love you whatever the case may be you came to mind and mm-hmm. when you came to mind i thought about getting you this right right it's always like you said it's not like i got you some gucci shoes baby <laughs> yeah and like, i don't like gucci shoes but i got you some gucci shoes it's, it's yeah. tied like almost always tied to something you actually like and it's somebody paying attention to those little nuances of mm-hmm. who you are and saying hey i got you this i got you these um these new this i got you a towel warmer
1: like, yeah
2: oh my god you know i love whatever warm towels when i come out of the the, the shower or something like yeah that. so that's it's, what
1: it is yeah it's always something that just would bring back like <laughs> i mean it always it's something that induces like for the other person a sense of happiness and like nostalgia or hat like you know like where they feel as though oh wow this person really paid it. excuse me paid attention so um i mean even i think my mom every time i visit she always gets me um She always gets me street tacos because she knows that like I don't I mean, yes, they have like some cool ones up here in Dallas. But I always tell her, like, there's nothing like street tacos or breakfast tacos back home. So every time I fly in, she always has it like ready in the car for me. And I'm just like, yes, like, you know, because, you know, I'm always craving tacos. So um, let's go to the next one. Um, I'm going to go with words of affirmation. Yeah.
2: Words of affirmation. Funny enough, people think this is my love language. Uh, for whatever reason, um, <laughs> I just, just, just words. I like words. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm generous with them. And so, words of affirmation are when it's when someone says something to you mm-hmm. that will do something for you. Right. I, I say, hey, you look gorgeous, They Love. And that's an affirmation mm-hmm. that I feel a certain way. It's corresponding with a certain thing that you have present within you, biologically, mentally, emotionally, something you as a person, or as a persona. Mm-hmm. And so it's when someone says something that resonates with you that ideally puts you in a better state, right? So words of affirmation. You're great. I love that cooking. Girl, working it. Or mm-hmm. man, I love you. Right. Those things that affirm in your mind how someone feels based on the way they feel about you or mm-hmm. just something that's present in who you are.
1: Right. And I think also, I mean, just with any of these love languages, but with this one specifically, I think this takes us a level of self awareness. Oh yeah. And just paying a different type of attention, like really watching their body language, like thinking back to things about that they were talking about, with their day you know watching their actions because when you compliment someone it shouldn't be something where it you don't feel the meaning behind it because Mm -hmm. words are powerful words can be used to heal or destroy so i could tell you like oh you're great but that's probably not going to make a big a big impact to you as if i were to tell you something that you would actually respond to something that would really make you feel like oh wow like this person really knows me like they really know me and they're complimenting me on something that Maybe I don't even compliment myself on, like, you know, behind the scenes, but it's something that someone else sees. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's always something. I always feel like to compliment someone is to see things that someone else feels as though they don't see within themselves. And I think that's a very important aspect to just moving forward with your life and that feel i feel like when you go on your own healing journey sometimes you need that boost to help you remind you of like the confidence that you need to continue to move forward love. like it's just you know that i think that's very important like no. words of affirmation completely because some don't... people use words and just throw it around and that's not the point like be very like choosy with what you say to somebody because mm-hmm. you could really make or break somebody like, cool hey, or
2: your work and lose weight in- I'm glad you actually brought the gravity. So check this out, guys. And nod your head if you've ever been in this situation. You ever met somebody, maybe Silver Tongue John, whoever? Sorry Danny Johns out there. <laughs> really good with words, but just not great with how they sling them around. Like you can tell, it's kind of smooth. But all of a sudden, you know, you give a compliment, and it's kind of like this Walmart compliment. Like you pick mm-hmm. it up for 2 But you meet whoever else, and they're like, hey, I'll be honest with you. I like the way that those things came together. Like, what are you talking about? Well, I can tell you probably paid attention to the way you put your earrings together with your shoes and you probably decided once or twice on what you do with your shirt but it came together beautifully
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I'm like thank you and what you did there was and that's an extreme I love words of affirmation it's not mine but I I, I I use it well um but he does like
1: <laughs> I I <laughs> he really does I I just want to emphasize that side note this man knows how to eloquently put forth the best compliment and that's just that's that's my two cents. But continue. <laughs>
2: Get you like, no, not, gets you nowhere. Just playing But um, it's it's really I love the way, but it's about noticing things and then putting them in a the manner that's deliverable. And I think that's true for all these words. Oh, not all these words. All these um, these love languages. Because somebody could do something for you and like it's not relevant, right? Or mm-hmm. somebody that's an act of service. Somebody could give you a gift and like I don't like hockey. Why'd you give me a puck? She yeah. Never anyone to puck, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> or somebody could tell you something like, hey, you know, like nice, nice, you know, nice car. I'm like, I don't really care about cars. I drive a Prius because it's affordable and it gets where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, would, I used to tell people, this. I, used to, I would train people. I still do, but I bring people on and I tell them information is only as impactful as it is relevant. Mm-hmm. And so relevance is defined by is it useful? Is it pertinent? Does it resonate with the person or the subject, right? And so with all these, especially words of affirmation, I'd say, it's really important that you don't just sling around compliments. Mm-hmm. You have to say, you have to take time, notice it, and uh, say, okay, I, I can tell this means something to this person, so now I'm going to compliment this person on it.
1: Yeah, and just like making sure that the words that you're saying don't become oversaturated yeah. or too cliche. I, re- I was listening to one of my favorite poets, and he started off with saying, if you say a word over and over again, it loses its meaning. For example, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. It's like you keep saying the same thing. You're saying the same words, but the meaning behind it has changed because you're not putting forth the effort to really mean what you're saying and to like make it to the where it's not cliche. Don't just tell someone you love them. Tell them why you love them. Like be more specific. Mm. It's like, there are so many words in the dictionary. It's for example, I hate being called cute. For example, I hate being called cute and some people will call me cute. And I'm just like, but that's not how I see myself. And it, like i don't understand why you see me as that because it could be true for you but there's so many other words in the dictionary to call me that calling me cute is something that's too cliche and it doesn't fit my overall personality and it's not my persona it doesn't match me at all if anything it almost like insults me so it's it's oh, yeah. it's crazy like you know it's just that's why words of affirmation everybody so important like be yeah. very choosy with what you're saying I agree. so the next one physical touch Woo! <laughs> this my like, favorite <laughs> there's,
2: a, there's like a dude and a chick on the other uh, end of the screen like yeah
0: baby
1: <laughs> but, oh my god yes physical touch is not just uh, anything sexual it's I would say it's using touch to reassure and to make somebody feel safe in their and making them feel as though you are acknowledging their presence yeah. that's what I feel like physical touch is so it's like that small little like like touch on the shoulder and saying oh are you okay or you know giving a small hug if you see someone that's in distress and I feel like that takes a different type of that takes a little bit of vulnerability wow. on your part to be able to give something I feel like that's it's literally a physical action that you're putting forth
2: it's huge yeah I, I couldn't agree more and you know it's weird I um when it, maybe when I was a younger man I'm not that old. I'm just saying. When I was a younger man, you, know,
1: you make uh, yourself sound like you're 40. I know,
2: right? They don't believe me. They, they, they'll, they'll see like a picture or something. We'll get out to social media. Whatever. Yes. But uh, when I was young, I didn't understand how much, like physical touch is my second one. right? Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't understand how big it was. But have you ever had this situation, like you're crying, everybody cries. If you're on the other side of the screen and you say you don't cry, you, you have other challenges
0: Usually
1: you have other challenges. Everybody. You can listen to all the other episodes so that we can help unpack whatever it is that is harboring all of those all right, emotions. You,
2: you need a cupcake. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody cries. But you're in a situation you're feeling so uh, you cry, you're crying or you're upset. And there's so much emotion you could explode at any point in time. Mm-hmm. And you have somebody around you. And they're like, yeah, you know, it's going to be all right. And they're talking to you. And you're like, damn it, man. And I don't know if I can say damn it on this podcast, but I say, <laughs> damn it. All I want is a hug. Can you please embrace me? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what it is. And it's interesting because when we're younger, it's a love language for all of us. Right. Right. Because when you can't speak, all you know is your mother's touch. All you know is mm-hmm. uh, getting close. that That's the, You've been in a womb for nine months. Right. Right. And so physical touch is huge um, just because. Even if you don't like it that much, right? You'd be surprised. A little light touch can go a long way. Right. I always say the shortest distance between any two people is always a connection. And that can be mentally, spiritually, physically, on the ideation level, right? And physically being one of those, um, you'd be surprised at not, don't like touch the nose, don't like index finger to the nose. Be like, I'm here for you, John. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like um, that's not
1: it. That's, yeah, it's <laughs> a complete, I don't know, that's going to make someone really hate physical touch. And that's actually something I talked about in, previous episodes where i was discussing like father and mother wounds because when we when there's a disruption in receiving that quality care for our parents to actively respond Mm -hmm. to our needs then we end up growing certain levels of attachment to people and how we can like connect with others so that physical touch ends up being negatively reinforced rather than something that we see as a positive for example um I know that, you know, when it comes to, let's say that your mom were to, like, if let's say you're crying and you want your mom to help you with something and instead of her helping you, she just reprimands you and hits you, that hit is something that you that like you expressing your needs is now negatively reinforced so that every yeah. time you speak up or every time that you need somebody to embrace you or to make you feel safe and secure, you've now associated that with something that is negative. And I think that that's like an adverse effect to any traumatic situation, especially if it has to do with like not receiving that quality care in childhood from your parents. And that's why physical touch. Some people, they end up growing up where because they had a lack of physical touch, now they want so much physical touch to the point where they come off as clingy, yeah. or like over obsessive, or even codependent, or they're the complete opposite where they are completely shut off, or might come off as cold. Yeah. What do you think about that?
2: Yeah, I think it's totally true. I, I think it's interesting, man. And in, for all our pseudo psychologists out there, the nature versus nurture thing has always been not a debate, but always a point of contention in some sort of circles in the psychological realm, like by nature, I think we're kind of, we kind of have inborn love languages, mm-hmm. but nurture can heighten some of those. So right. let's say by nature, I didn't have a physical gifts. Well, a, a physical gifts is not my thing, right? By nature I'm born, I don't really care about gifts too much, but I got nothing as a kid, no one rewarded me, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. I could actually grow. Because life is this weird balancing scale, right? About it's it's about filling gaps and creating some sort of equilibrium somewhere, mm-hmm. right? And so you could very much so, if you were in the spectrum of okay, I I physical touch or whatever, but you never get it, you crave those things, right? The the body craves equilibrium, the mind, the heart craves mm-hmm. equilibrium. So totally true. yeah it's
1: trying to make up for something that you felt like you had a lack of and having that sense of you feeling like you're so detached from something that you felt like you've always wanted is something that becomes such a challenge in adulthood and even how we proceed on with healing because we feel like we need that one thing and then other people keep telling us no you don't need that you don't need that but we know ourselves better than anybody else even some people that might come into our lives and claim that they do know us better than we know ourselves. But it's like, we're on this journey to know ourselves so that we can communicate to other people how we are. Yep. And you can't just like, you know, I don't know. I just think that childhood is so important. Childhood is the Child's most, used. like it's the biggest part of our development. And without like the things that happen in our childhood can make a huge difference on who we are as adults.
2: It's, it's huge. And, uh, you know, before we depart from this, I think we got one more love language. One, two, um, childhood for all our pseudo psychologists. We don't call you. I can't say PP because that's weird. But pseudo
0: psychs,
2: pseudo psychs, are pseudo psychs out we there. We call
1: it like psychos.
2: Um. Anyway, <laughs> uh, our, I'm
1: so, sorry. Oh my god.
2: Uh, yeah, our psycho, whatever. So, psych guys, if if you can, uh, if you can kind of think about the mind as Plato. Right, mm-hmm. when you first take Play-Doh out of the cup, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's malleable, right? You can learn languages fast, you can um, you can adapt, understand things very quickly. And if you notice, if you roll play-doh over some like lint, it will soon become a part of that play-doh. It'll be entangled in there. You might be able to pull it out right there while it's still malleable, right? But the moment it hardens, in whatever form you have that play-doh, mm-hmm. and whatever's in that play-doh, because you rolled it over like a gumball, some lint uh you know like three nose hairs whatever the case may be <laughs> it's there right and if it's deep enough you kind of have to break the plato in mm-hmm. order to get to it and even so it's 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 like you're breaking the integrity of that thing and so childhood is like us be, our minds being plato
0: mm-hmm. our
2: emotional our emotional biology if there's such a thing our emotional anatomy excuse me being plato and so there's so much you can do for to with a kiddo, mm-hmm. that if you, once you get to a certain age, it hardens, and it's tough to kind of shave away what you've put there, and to change the shape, and so, to your point, if we are affected negatively, right, but lack of anything, massage mm-hmm. we stuff like that, there's rippling repercussions, right, right, um, that go out into adulthood, and that's why everybody's got a few challenges, right,
0: mm-hmm. just
2: because somebody shaped our Play-Doh a little interestingly, right, and it mm-hmm. takes a lot of new input and then a high volume of that so that means reading new things listening to things talking to new people new input to equal new output
1: right i love that i love that example a lot i feel like that's a really good way to just describe experiences and people so let's go on to the next love language what we, so far? we did acts of service acts of service yes Physical, touch. Um, physical touch. quality time. Quality time. Yeah. Woo! We love quality time. <laughs> That's, that is my second. And it is essentially just being in one's physical space and having undivided attention when you are... With that person what doing a set activity so this could be watching a movie together and this doesn't include you your partner being on their phone and you're on your phone it's actually being like participatory in the in the set circumstance or situation that you are that you're in i feel like that's to me that's quality time to me now some people would feel okay with oh you're you're on your phone i'm on my phone but we're in the same space like we're spending quality time but quality time to me is like you're really putting forth the effort to do something together like there's a togetherness there's like a um teamwork involved
2: yeah 200 this is if you ever date somebody with quality of time it's a gift that It's it can be a gift and it can be a bit of a strain if you if this isn't your love language it's a gift because the person legitimately doesn't care what you do mm-hmm. like we could we could fold clothes baby Mm-hmm. As long as, and, and usually I like to fold over into not to bring over folding clothes, but fold over the idea of quality conversation, right? Quality connection within mm-hmm. that time, much like you said, you have to be immersing yourself in the other person in one way, form, or fashion. But so it can be a gift in the sense that you actually don't have to do much, let's mm-hmm. just kick it, right? Yeah, um, but if it's not your thing, right? Which I love quality time, if it's not your thing, though, it can be a bit of a curse because all you want to do is let me buy you a gift, they like. We don't. Have, we don't have to do that we i just need you to have a conversation chill. Mm-hmm. like yeah. no, no let's let's go like let me do something for you like you don't have to do anything we can just yeah. sit here on the beach
1: and, and just and just chill like and just do our own thing like we we're in our own little world i just want you to come in my world with me and we're just yeah. doing our own thing like <laughs> it could be it. Any activity, it's it always includes an activity, but it doesn't have to be an extravagant one at that. You know, it doesn't have to be like, oh, let's go to the amusement park and then let's go get ice cream, let's go do this. Like, sometimes it's like, hey, let's just stay at home, let's just chill, let's relax, let's have a conversation. Oh, yeah, let's get to. I feel like people that have quality time as their love language are individuals that just want to go deep, but in silence, oh. like they want to go deep and just like assess just the surroundings that they're in and immerse themselves with the other person.
2: I love that. Just go deep and immerse yourself with the other person. And quite honestly, this is a dating tactic. Listen, if you're single, listen to Uncle Josh. (laughs) Um, Even if it's not their love language, even if it's not yours, quality of time is the best way to get to the heart of a person. Mm -hmm. If there's like a singular activity you can do, right? But watch the zoo is awesome because you don't do anything at the zoo. You just have yeah. to observe and converse, right? Right. Um, if you go to the zoo that where like, you're not going to the zoo right now, like COVID is is not like
1: <laughs> you know, <come> Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not going to try to go to the zoo and observe like people, you know, coughing around and all that. Move, That's not the move. It's not the move. We're not endorsing that.
2: i us <laughs> just say whatever. But if we're at like the fictitious zoo when COVID not a thing-ish, um, then that's a great thing to do because you're mm-hmm. sitting or like I like going to Benny Hannes and you're like, you're doing something, but really you just watch you go to Benny Hannes, you just watch them make food and
0: do the mm-hmm. same thing over and over again.
2: They flip the onion into the hat or something. Yeah. Anyway, um, you, you have quality time and you ha- you're forced to connect. So it's a dating strategy, right? Mm-hmm. You're forced to to have conversation, to talk about what you see, and you get a really good grasp on where does somebody's mind go. So if we're at Benny Hannes and you get somebody like, man. I wonder, like I wonder how long it takes this person to get this good. But mm-hmm. the other person thinking about, man, I wonder what else you can put in that to make it taste good, right? Mm-hmm. One person's worried about like mastering in this person's journey. The other person's worried about the, the food itself. Are they more people focused? Are they more activity focused? Mm-hmm. It's so interesting to see what people do when you sit them down and there's no true activity except observation and in conversation. So you you'll get rid of people very quickly as far as like bad dating candidates. And then you'll probably gain the right dating candidates really quickly too, just by doing things that are more conversational and observational.
1: Mm -hmm. So I think also like with quality time, it's just learning how you spend quality time with yourself. Like what makes you feel happy when you are by yourself? Like how do you spend your time like understanding your own space and being aware of your own energy in order to be able to, be with other people like whether it's in re- like relationships or in like with your friends or with your family because in my opinion you know me like i love when i'm by myself like yes i'm very independent but i'm always doing something like i'm painting yep. i'm draw, i'm drawing i'm dancing there's a sense of always movement up. like there's to me like being by myself means i'm being productive for me and i'm pouring into me now when i was dating um my previous Boyfriend, he actually dissociated from this, from the room, like from the situation, and he didn't. I'd never felt like he felt like he was spending time with me, even though we were together in our space. And it ended up getting to the point where he told me that I was doing too much or I was being too clingy. When in reality, it's not like I was all up in his space. Like it's not like I was in his face, touching him or doing all these different things. It's just. He didn't like that I was always around him, yeah. even though he wasn't, like, spiritually and emotionally present with me.
2: So his, his I, I'm willing to bet, quality of time for him, probably low.
0: Probably mm-hmm. low.
2: Um, super low. And by the way, just a word to everybody out there, all our pseudo-psychologists, uh, we should just do t-shirts to say pseudo psychs, <laughs> Or maybe pseudo-psychos. Um. Anybody, and we talked about this before we even got on air, Mm -hmm. anybody that says you're too much of anything Mm -hmm. and you're just acting within yourself, like if you like to dance randomly, do your thing. Mm -hmm. But anybody that thinks that's too much, then you should definitely consider that a lack of compatibility. That's the incompatibility because Mm -hmm. we can't change like a rose is a rose no matter how uh, tall it grows. right? You can't change the basic anatomy of who you are. Um, And I think with these love languages, and I want to talk about this afterwards, actually, after we get through this, this, this portion, you know, what does it mean to have matching or similar love languages? So if acts of service is my first and quality of time is my second, you flip that, Mm -hmm. that seems like it's somewhat compatible, right? Because the way I receive love, you know, acts of service is your secondary, right? And and then, so it's it's enough to where at, you being yourself naturally the way you're going to show affection is how i naturally receive affection right and so you don't have to try right and not that relationships are effortless but i don't think anybody goes home and go to work
1: right right is that you very mean? true you know what i mean yeah yeah i think that um and even with like love languages i want to like emphasize to all of my like my audience members out there that this is all a part of you discovering parts of yourself because this is always in pouring into yourself like how you love yourself and how you want to care for yourself because one thing I really do hate when it comes to like the mental health community is that they come out with these cliche phrases of oh you can't love someone until you love yourself like we've come into this world with the spirit of love when we've learned how to see different forms of love Mm -hmm. but what we don't what we end up trying to learn is how to show someone that we value them and that we care for them. And in turn, how we care for ourselves and how we value ourselves and how we see our own worth. And that I feel like is the true definition of learning how to love yourself. Like, in full like how to embrace the way that you love how the way that you want to feel loved because in situations we have all we, you know life isn't you know all peaches and cream it's not rainbows and butterflies but the cards that we are dealt with are the cards that we have to try to understand and work mm-hmm. with to the point where when you're dealing with these situations like you have to see the gravity of how they make an impact on you as a person so that way you can go within and say hey you know maybe i don't feel a sense of security or vulnerability to care for myself in this way therefore how can i expect somebody to give me something that i don't even know if i actually need or i don't know how much of it that i need so with all of these love languages i think it's important to know like the specifics and the details of how you want to be cared for, because I'm pretty sure like you've probably been in situations where your partner said, Oh, you say that you love me, but you're not showing it. And it's like, yeah. And they're you... like,
2: wait, what are you talking about? I do all these things mm-hmm. and It's because I'm not speaking figuratively speaking. I'm not speaking their love language. Right. Right. I've, I've had a partner that loved gifts. Mm-hmm. Gifts is my last love language. Right. And for her, it was if I didn't get a gift, I wasn't thinking about her when she wasn't around. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, sweetheart, I'm thinking about you. And it was early. It was it was it was a very early relationship. Like I'm talking about maybe two months or so, but still, like, I'm thinking about you. But when I think about you, I'm not like, let me buy you something. When I'm thinking about you, I'm like, yo, you want to, you want to, you want to kick it. You want to do something,
0: right?
2: Because mm-hmm. quality of time is higher than than uh, gifts for me, right? But for her, I just wasn't. I wasn't able to satiate that need, but to your point, I wasn't showing it in the way she can see it.
1: Right, and I think it's just, like, you can't give something that you don't Give yourself like if you don't go out of your way to buy yourself gifts because that's not how you show yourself appreciation then you're not going to do it for another person because it's not something that you're familiar with and even like it just in in, you know growing up like when you were mentioning like oh like this person like my parents didn't like give me gifts or praise me all the time Mm -hmm. so yikes so (laughs) like receiving any of those things it's not going you're not going to associate it with Someone putting in effort yeah. or putting in like the type of effort that you would want. So, Definitely. um, I did we go through all five of them? I think we,
2: we did uh acts of service, yes, we did words of affirmation, mm-hmm. we did physical touch, yes, we did quality of time, yeah, and then we just did give. Yeah, we did we do gifts, yeah, we did, yeah, we did, yeah, we did yeah, gifts, yeah, we did so we did all of them,
1: we did all five of them, so that's really cool, but um. You know, as far as like, I mean, we talked about this in the sense of, you know, seeing it in the perspective of like when we're in relationships. But how do you think my audience members can apply these techniques to help themselves, like along their their journey? Oh yeah,
2: let, let's do it. This is this is my spicy point. So if you guys have been sitting here this long, thank goodness, thanks Zeus, you made it. <laughs> um, this is the spicy point. So all I deal with is human dynamics, interrelations. How do we connect to people fast? build bridgeways between each other. Again, the the shortest distance between any two people is always a connection, right? Whether And the connection is a different, it's it, it has its variation. So a connection can be, we both like the same thing, right? Sweet. Mm-hmm. And a connection is an appreciation for that is mutual. A connection can be, we've both gone through the same thing, right? Right. Right. Um, a, a connection could be uh, that we both despise the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Right,
2: and so when you find somebody's love language, you know how to speak to them. Well, don't go to France speak English and expect to get around beautifully, right? Right. Um, albeit the European countries do know the English, they they learn it young. But if you if you get if you catch my drift, yeah. So check this out. I look very keenly when I first um, meet someone. This, this is going to help you when you make first impressions because first impressions leave lasting impressions, right? So, um, when you first meet somebody, pay attention to a few things what do they, uh, in your, when you're in a conversation, right? Do they say, I feel, mm-hmm. I think, right? They say, I think, they might be more logical. I feel might be more emotional, right? And those can kind of spin towards what their love language might be. Mm-hmm. Feels, when you say, I feel, uh, it might be more quality of time. It might be, um, and, and this is no, there's no definitive answer here, right? But it, it all kind of comes together in, in personality assessment. They might be uh more touchy-feely, right? If they if they have a mate by them, right? Boyfriend, girlfriend, how close are they to them? Right? Mm-hmm. Proximity is acute. Uh if they're always touching their mate, maybe uh, you know, um physical touch is something big for them. So the right touch on the shoulder and you can't see I'm 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 tapping, I was gonna say touching. Tapping <laughs> I'm tapping Queenie on the shoulder or like as a
1: demonstration. As a
2: demonstration, right? Could demonstrate a lot of connectivity. so mm-hmm. they are trying to find a connection fast. And uh um, I always like to mirror and match people's if they say I feel, I say I feel, right? Hmm. Uh, I think, I think, but more of love language. Um, if, if, if you just put out ideas around, well, I was kicking it at the beach and love doing that. They're like, I love kicking it at the beach with friends, you know, just bring my bros out. That's hinting towards the quality of the time thing. But to say, I go to the beach and you know what, man, it's all about the waves and this and that and the third, and they don't bring anything up about like the people surrounding them.
0: Hmm.
2: I'm not saying it's a hard fact, but you can sort of deduce. So like Sherlock Holmes, um, sort of thing, what's, what's impactful to them? Are they gravitating more towards the people in that situation where it's quality of time? Or, you know, um, man, it was awesome. This person, they, they surprised me with this gift mm-hmm. and it, they, they they brought me to the to Fiji I thought it was awesome.
1: Right. And I think that I like I always say that, you know, with love language, there needs to be a sense of accuracy yes. and being self-aware because y- y- all we all have a certain, you know, degree of all the love languages. But it's there's a time and place to use each one, not just for other people, but to yourself, like when you are feeling moments of vulnerability, assess what do I need in this moment? Like, I don't need someone to talk to me. I I don't need to talk to myself. Maybe I need a hug or maybe I need to go do physical activity. Knowing what your coping mechanisms are and then being able to communicate and act on those things, like act on what you need is a vital part in trying to move forward to make connection with yourself and like to make a connection with other people because you need to be you know just like with any language you need to be fluent but you need to know when to use certain words in certain situations because a, you could say something and it can come off the wrong way or you could do something it can come off the wrong way and it can actually cause more harm than good to the point where you're not bringing any justice or advocacy to yourself and how you're feeling like you're not doing yourself any justice or the other person injustice. justice so. Uh,
2: I agree, two thousand percent.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, there has to be accuracy, mm-hmm. and I would say love languages. If you're really good, really, if I mean insanely observational, like Sherlock Holmes sort of level, um, you can pick up on things faster, like in the first impression type of thing. But these things benefit you in the long term really well. And I remember when I first was learning about this, and this is this is for platonic relationships too. Okay. Got a buddy named Jordan, love him to death. And um his love language, right, is we both suck at gifts. <laughs> we sometimes we don't even get each other gifts on on um on our birthdays. But it's not even that we'll probably pay for each other's meal, right? Mm-hmm. And so our love his love language is definitely words of affirmation. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's if you if you tell him something that affirms, we oh my god, he loves it. But it made me a better friend. My top love language is not words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. I think I spent it well. um I can like act on it well, but I didn't even know until when i when I figured it out, I've been friends with this guy for 15 years. When I figured it out, probably eight, nine years into our relationship, I was like, yo, this is easy now and, mm-hmm. and not easy as in because I do I give the guy a kidney, but easy as in I know how to make him feel better
1: right like I, you, right yeah, you know how to make him feel that he's valued like you see value in him and in turn like we're all like an extension of each other we're all mirrors of each other so what you say to somebody is also something that you yourself would also want to hear to some degree Mm -hmm. like you know the quality of what you're saying to somebody is what you want to see so it's like that give and take type of situation but which jordan are you talking about is it no i'm talking about metlock oh <laughs> no, medlock. So, yeah medlock is like that
2: so it's, it's weird because you will never know it but if you're like yo i like the way you put that together man he's like thank you thank you Josh. but only two is only two is his closest friends like what do you think about that man whether like he's in the music and stuff like that he, like producing it, mm-hmm. you know ask for what your opinion and really it's affirmation right? yeah it's affirmation because i do a lot of stuff like i might create something do not care what people think about it, right? That's not, I don't look for, Words of affirmation is not my first thing to go mm-hmm. to. Um, but if you're like, oh, I know you make music. Hey, here's a new mic. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. It's not really a gift for me. That, that, some people, might yeah. think it's a gift, but if it's if I needed a new mic and you got me a new mic, mm-hmm. that counts as an act of service because I needed it, right? right? Those things matter to me, but I now know how to speak his language. So I would task everyone on the other end of the line Anybody that you have a long-standing platonic relationship, boy, girl, whatever, or you know, a um, a romantic relationship with, I'd ask them like, "Hey, what means most to you? Like, what it mean? What means most to you? Us sitting here just talking, mm-hmm. you know, me getting you something. If you if you come home from a long day, me doing something that's on your list of to do's, of service, right? Um, just sitting down and, and having a hug out session, yeah, okay? which could evolve, okay, yeah, um, and. To a super hug
1: out session. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean I also like going off of what you said, like I task all of you guys to also do do this with yourself. Like sit down and ask yourself what makes you feel good? What makes you feel happy? Like yeah. what makes you feel like you are have like you are maintaining your mental health because that's a very vital part and you know, in all the topics that I talk about with unpacking your trauma and understanding your triggers, knowing what your coping mechanisms are. This is all a part of getting to know you. You are creating a safe space inside of you for you. So that way you can gradually allow other people to come in and hopefully create a little sense of home and comfort in your own heart. So that way you feel like you can grow a healthy attachment and connection with other people. So... That is all that we have for today. So I thank you, Joshua, for coming awesome. on this lovely podcast episode. I'm sure my audience members appreciate you very much. Do you have anything to say to close out? No, this
2: was super extra swag, horrific, better than your average podcast. Uh, I love it. Thank you guys for the time. And, and Quinny, thank you for calling me while I was eating some some Cajun salmon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright
1: everyone, that is the end of this week's episode. I hope all of you guys enjoyed it. I apologize if the audio was a little bit weird, but... Hopefully it does come out very good for all of you and you enjoyed something new. I want to thank my dear friend Josh. He is an amazing person and somebody that I genuinely look up to and I hope all of you guys enjoyed both of us discussing love language and hopefully you are to be able to learn something new. And if you want to take the five love language quiz, I will include the link in the description. So, to end this week's podcast, I have some positive affirmations for all of you. I attract loving and caring people into my life. I am worthy of love and deserve to receive love in abundance. I am capable and deserving of finding long lasting love in all my relationships. Love surrounds me and everyone around me. Thank you everybody who tuned in to this week's episode and I will see you next week.